NASA quite concerned when it comes to an asteroid out there in space, floating around in space. So much so that there are plans to uh, knock it off course. Here is our space expert from York University, Paul Delaney, joins us now for more on this story here on Global News Radio. Paul, very good afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Jeff. All right, first of all, I'll just bring us up to speed on this uh, asteroid. Uh, where is it? Is it on a collision course uh, with Earth? H- how big is it? Okay, so it is not, I repeat, not on a collision course with Earth. Uh, it is what we call a near-Earth asteroid, specifically an Apollo asteroid. So it has the potential to impact Earth at some time in the future, but all indications for the next at least 100 years or more are that, no, clean myth. But it is an asteroid, its name is uh, Didymos, and it is sufficiently large and sufficiently close that we can reach it for a test. We want to be able to determine whether or not we have the technology, the capabilities to redirect such an asteroid. And so we've launched this vehicle called DART, Double Asteroid Redirection Test, and we are wanting to see whether next October we can actually just gently nudge this object that's about 160 meters in diameter, nudge it just a little bit that we can measure the change in its trajectory and therefore confirm that we have the capability to redirect an asteroid. Mm. So this is a test. Okay, tell us a little more about uh, DART. What is it exactly? Is it a full spacecraft? Is it just kind of a a rover that uh, we can control and get near or next to this asteroid? No, it is it is a full um, it is a full satellite. Although it's not bristling with science instruments, because of course we're planning to smash it into the asteroid. So it's got enough on board for us to control the vehicle, to be able to measure uh, where it is in space, and to direct very very explicitly where we will impact on the asteroid in question. Uh, it's about five hundred kilograms. And the plan is to literally uh, adjust the orbit of DART so that when it impacts the, the, the target asteroid, it will be traveling at about six and a half kilometers a second. So they call this a kinetic impact because of the kinetic energy it's carrying. And we want to be able to see whether or not we can select the spot on the asteroid to hit it because where we hit it is very important. How much energy we impart to the asteroid, very important. And then after all that's happened, we want to measure carefully where this object is as it's orbiting around its parent. It's a double asteroid. And so measuring the uh, what we call the period of the object in the next few years will tell us how much effect our impact has had on it. You know, this reminds me as a kid, I used to play Smash Up Derby. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's kind of like Demolition Derby. Is this kind of like the high-tech space version of that that's going on here? Well, in a way it is, uh, except that you know, there's not going to be any significant uh, you know, change to the object's appearance. We're going to create a crater. There's no doubt about that. But we're not talking about trying to disintegrate this object. So if you think back to you know, the movies of Armageddon and Deep Impact, the plan was to blow those things up. Well, we don't have that technology, but what we do have is the technology to move them. And if we, can, if we know long enough in advance that an asteroid is going to impact the Earth or potentially can impact the Earth, the plan is to nudge it out of the way. And if you do that long enough in advance, you don't need 
a phenomenal amount of energy, you need lead time. And that's what DART is all about, showing that we can just take a 500-kilogram spacecraft, hit the asteroid precisely where we want, and nudge it enough that, given time, it will clean Miss Earth. But as I said, this object is nowhere near Earth. It's going to be about 11 million kilometers away when we impact it next year. So there's, there's no threat to Earth with this test, but it's proof of concept that we have the, the technology to move an object. Yeah. How important is timing when it comes to this, Paul? Just not to timing, uh, you know, dart uh, getting close to this uh, asteroid, but just when you nudge this asteroid or, or move it, because... I'm thinking you don't want to do it too early or too soon because uh, I'm wondering once we change this asteroid's path, how do we know that it uh, won't uh, come back uh, again? I mean, you want to move it out of the way of, say, Earth, but you don't want to do it so soon that, uh, well, it could be, you know, back in Earth's path. Precisely right. Uh, so the, 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 the real answer is it's critical to determine when to nudge the asteroid in question. Uh, if it's too close to the Earth, we don't have the technology to nudge it out of the way. You've got to have enough lead time to be able to nudge it. But if, as you say, you nudge it too early, then the object could be redirected again just by natural passes of other objects near it. Gravity is acting all the time from all the objects in our solar system. And that's one of the reasons that we have to continually monitor the thousands of objects that are in the inner solar system that potentially could cause us grief. They are all changing their orbit subtly with time as they get close to Mars or Earth or Venus and so on. So you're right. We've got to be able to find the right moment to nudge. Uh, but that right moment, generally speaking, has got to be a couple of years into the future so that you've got enough time to be able to you know, just nudge it out of the way. But we don't know whether or not we have the capability. We think we have the capability for this type of a kinetic redirect, but that's what DART's all about. Next October, we will see the, the spacecraft impact the Didymo system, and then in the ensuing couple of years, astronomers will monitor the orbital period of this satellite, uh, you know, Didymos' satellite. It's called Dimorphos, by the way. Uh, so Dimorphos is orbiting around Didymos. We will watch that orbit, and if we can, can conclude that the orbit has changed, then we've got validation of the kinetic test. Gotcha. Now, this seems just so complicated, and it has to be so precise, uh, Paul. I'm going to bring up another game from my childhood, video game, Asteroids. <laughs> and why is moving an asteroid like this, why is that better than just blowing it to bits? Well, if you could guarantee that you would blow it to bits, it wouldn't be any better. The problem is you can't guarantee that you're going to blow it to bits. Let me give you an example of a, an astro, of, of a comet that swung too close to Jupiter back in 1992. It was a comet by the name of Schumacher-Levy 9. It started out being about 10 kilometers in diameter. The, jo the Jovian gravitational field shattered that rock, and it created 26 one-kilometer-sized boulders. So instead of one object, we ended up with 26 that ended up plowing into Jupiter over the period of about a week. In other words, you could make the problem worse <laughs> by shattering this object into a series of boulders, each of which would be more than enough to create nuclear winter on the planet. So <laughs> you want to be able to get the thing out of the way. That's by far the preferred mechanism. It, you know, last-ditch effort, if you don't see it quickly enough, sure, try and blow it up. But there is absolutely no guarantee that we have the technology that will not make the problem worse rather than mm. better. 
Fascinating stuff as always, Paul. Really appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Take care. You too. Our space expert, Paul Delaney, with us. And we're back after these on Global News Radio. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.